Welcome to the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and this is the place where Kingdom heirs go to be informed and inspired. So sit back, relax, and flow with me. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Airflow Podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Thomas, and today I have a special guest who is not a stranger to this show. She's the most beautifulest co-host ever, my lovely wife of 19, going on 20 years, Cassandra, KK, affectionately known by me and others. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me on this episode. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you going to give me the professional voice now? See, she, she, she trying to start with the professional voice again. She's she doing it. Um, so this episode, I, I really wanted us to talk about our experience. And I know we can't get into all of it today, but I want to talk about just being parents. And obviously for us, we're going to be speaking from the perspective of parenting children as a married couple. Um neither of us have kids outside of our marriage um at least i don't think we do do we kk no (laughs) um but neither of us you know i i can't talk i can't give any opinions because it's meaningless for me to give an opinion about raising kids outside of a marriage because i don't have that experience um so i want to you know i want to stay focused on the piece of us being married and, and just talking about, you know, the, 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 the things that we've experienced just parenting our kids. So um, kind of the first thing I want to touch upon, you know, we've been parents for a little over 18 years now. Our oldest daughter is 18 in college now, which sounds crazy to think about that. Um, let, let's just start there. How does that feel to you <laughs> um, to have a, a child that is 18 and in college? at this stage of your life? Well, I guess it feels kind of weird. It's funny. I guess the time went by so fast that I know a lot of people say, um, enjoy the times when they're young, especially when they get to high school because time flies by so fast. And it definitely did because it feels like she just went to school. I can still remember things that happened when she started her freshman year, the feeling that I had, you know, going with her during her orientation and everything and just felt different I mean I felt sad because my our oldest child was growing up and you know going to high school but it's also an anxiety time as well yeah I mean you just thought you talked about the high school I'm just thinking back to bringing her home from the hospital and being nervous that I was going to break her you know now both of us have been around babies you've you've you know, had a fair share of time taking care of your nephew, you know, when he was little and, you know, I've been around a lot of babies growing up. So I knew how to hold him, but it's just different when you're the responsible party for that baby. And I just think about, you know, holding her in the hospital, seeing her when she was born, bringing her home and just that whole experience. And now going from bringing her home into our house to pushing her out into the world and sending her off to school to be the young adult that we raised her to be. So like you said, I'm not sad. I just, I just look back and say, man, where did the time go? You know, and it, and it, it it seems crazy because 
you know, 18 years and, you know, thinking back to high school, middle school, you know, starting middle, you know, elementary school and, and just all of those different time frames of, you know, the, these, these kind of marks in time is like, man, you know, we have a college student. So emotionally, yeah, I think it has been crazy. Um, but with the same token, like you said, it, it, it's beautiful to see that, you know, our hard work and parenting and, God's blessing has led us to be able to see her off and, you know, continue to support her in every way we can, just like our other kids. So, um, yeah, I just, I, that wasn't what I really wanted to ask, but just thinking about that, I'm like, man, you know, that's the first thing to start off with. You know, we got, we got a daughter going to college. So that's, that's big. Um, it's definitely a different feeling. I mean, I was emotional over all over again with her going to college. Um, I don't think, I think it kind of prepared me from when she was boarding at the Webb school since 10th grade. You know, I was very, very, very emotional then. I didn't want to let her go. But I think that time kind of prepared me for college. And it almost felt like since she's been at home with us since, I guess, March, doing distant learning. And over the summer, it's like we had to, I had to experience that feeling all over again. But it didn't feel as bad as it did then. But it still it's, it's it's still hard. It's always hard to see your kids leaving home, going away. Plus, you know, even though she's in college in town, you still feel like, man, when am I going to see her again? Because she can choose not to come home on the weekend, yeah. you know, playing basketball. She can be away doing things with basketball. So you just never know when you're going to see them again. So it's, yeah. a, it's a different feeling. It is. It is. I, I think I was definitely prepared. I think I was more prepared than I thought I was going to be because I was emotional. I think I held it in up until the time we got ready to leave, <laughs> leaving her at this at high in high school when she went to you know her sophomore year to her boarding school. So that experience was crazy. And it, it was tough the first few weekends of taking her back up there. She would come home on the weekends, taking her back. When I took her this time, I don't think I was as emotional, like sad, like I was losing something, like grieving over it more so. I think I was more excited for her in taking this next step. I was probably more excited than she was um, because this is what, you know, you prepare and, and whether it's college or going on to a career, vocational, vocational school, whatever it is, you know, it's just exciting when you see your kids go to the next place. Um, and I, I think I didn't take that for granted. I don't think either of us did. We didn't take it for granted because, you know, our kids could be doing a whole lot of other things that are not positive, not good. So, just to see her going into the next step and making sure that she, this is what she wanted uh, was very important for us and not really pushing her into that because, you know, college isn't for everybody, but you know, the fact that she wanted to take the chance to, to go, I think. Um, and that was in her plans to go uh, was exciting to see her reach this level. So um, yeah, that was, it, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. I, I think each child is going to be a different experience because, you know, they're all three different. So you know, with with Sinai, you know, Sinai is our oldest, our daughter, uh, kind of think about what we've experienced so far and, and some of the lessons that we that we learned from being about being parents when Sinai was born to now where we are, where she's in college, you know, Trey's in, you know, a senior, a sophomore in high school, uh, Christian's in fifth grade. You know, what are some of the lessons that we learned from starting off with Sanaa to where we are today with, you know, all three of them and being parents for over 18 years now? 
I think one of the lessons is every child is different. I mean, yeah. I think at times people want to compare or put them in the same category and you can't do that. Um, each child behavior is different. Um, each right. child learning style is different. Each child requires more attention than the next child. So, I mean, I think that's one of the main things that, you know, you learn as being a parent of um, multiple kids that, you know, every, every kid is different. I mean, you try to love them. I mean, one of the things that I would say that I definitely try to do is I try to give them the same opportunities. And, um, but at the same time, and you, you try to give them the same opportunity, you try to love them all the same, but at times you can't love them all the same because right. they require something different. Right. Like Sanai, she requires, she's always been very clingy. I think she's, she's definitely outgrown the clinginess, but she's always been a type that likes a lot of attention. Um, Trey doesn't, Trey portrays that he don't like a lot of attention, but he does, but he doesn't require as much attention as Sanai. You can give him a little bit of attention and he's, he's, he's good. Christian, he's like, he does his own thing. So, I mean, each kid is different. Um, Trey is more, he's more like I was. I mean, even though he's a middle child and I'm the youngest, he's more like, I don't need all that. If you try to buy him something, I'm good. I don't need all that. Mama, don't even buy me nothing. Don't focus on me. Just get it for such and such. You know, but Sanai, like, man, let's go shopping, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think Sanai Sanai is definitely one that she, there were times where she needed more attention. And not saying she was just, you know, bad with it, but just the way she was starting off as our first child, you know, even as a kid, like, you know, she was always right there with us. And, you know, I think by the time Trey came along, you know, Sanai got a little older, she started, you know, she was doing more in daycare, getting more, you know, mobile doing things. Cause by the time Trey was born, you know, Sanai was, you know, two, yeah, she was two going on three at the time. So, you know, she's a little older, you know, starting to figure out things, moving, doing all that stuff. And then Trey came along and she was so, you know, in love with Trey as a little baby. So she would always hold him. So her clinginess to us kind of changed a bit. You know, she didn't, and she really didn't have a lot of jealous moments with Trey as a baby. Yeah, um, she, she she was pretty good with that. But, you know, one thing I learned is that, yeah, Trey, Trey doesn't require a lot of attention. He does like a lot of affection. Trey is very yeah. affectionate um Christian he's in between both of them he has his moments where he's like I don't need I don't need anything and then he's got his times where you know he's 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 just kind of all over the place so he's definitely you know different he's got some of all of their traits and then he's got some of his own personal things so but I think it's good you know like you said to to understand that you know you can't parent them all the same well you parent them the same but you have to parent them differently and what I think what we're trying to say is you have to know your kids. You have to know their personalities. Like you said, KK, you know, understanding who they are as, as people, because sometimes you get so caught up in, and this is where I think for us, we try to balance the line from some of that old school, traditional parenting with kind of new ways and and understanding our kids, their personality. Cause I never heard my parents talking about, yeah, I want to understand your personality. And this, it was just like, I'm your daddy, I'm your mama. You're going to listen to me. You know, and it wasn't always just that hard, but that was how they came up. So that was kind of, 
they they were kind of the the bridge between you know their parents generation and, and their generation and then now we're the bridge between our parents generation and our generation so you know it, it, it's a balancing act but i think understanding their personalities kind of what are some of their things that cause them anxiety understanding where they are you know what brings them joy you know finding those things out is i think it's important because that way it helps us to better support them and kind of keep them pushed to where they want to go but you know kind of what are your thoughts on that i mean yeah i agree um we definitely try to instill i think we're we're for our age i I definitely feel that we're more we're old school but like you said we're more like look at our tradition as well because i mean i think we're i think when i was growing up my mom was pretty open with us talking to her about different things but she still was the type of parent where you do as I say not as I do or I you know if I tell you to do something you don't ask questions you don't ask me why whatever you just get up and do it Mm. and I think we're kind of the same way but at the same time we also take the time out to sit our kids down and talk to them okay what are your feelings why are you feeling this way you know uh what are you thinking about I can't, I mean, even though I was able to talk to my mom about a lot of different things, I don't remember her asking me my feelings and how I feel and why do I feel this way? So uh, we're definitely, you know, we have both sides. Yeah. But I think it's important. I mean, again, it's about growth and, you know, we talk about, and a lot of people talk about mental health nowadays, and it's so important to understand because, you know, the world is different than what it was when we were kids and it's different than when our parents were kids. So our kids are exposed to so much so fast now. Um, and you really do have to have those conversations. And that's the one thing I would say as a parent, you know, as somebody who is looking to one day have a family, um, I would take the opportunity to really understand what are some of the behaviors and things that you've learned as a child growing up with whatever family structure you were in you know, find out some of those things that may not have been good and conducive to kids growing up, because yes, there is a level of respect. You want to make sure your kids respect you, but at the same time, you have to take a moment to hear them, hear them out and understand what they're saying. And then they have to be able to do it in a respectful way. So we don't tolerate disrespect when we sit down, when we set our kids down and we have a conversation with them, they're not going to yell at us. They're not going to raise their voice over us. We put that in check, but we do want to hear what they have to say, uh, whether we agree with it or not, we give them the opportunity to say it. Um, and I, I think that's important because mm-hmm. again, you, you want to see what they have on their minds and, and make them know that and let them know that it's okay to say it. We don't have to be in agreement with it, but at least we know where you're coming from. And we, if we can come to a kind, if there is a situation where we can have some common ground that's fine. But if it's like, no, we're pretty strong on it, but we're also going to sit them down and make them understand it's not just about it's it's what we said and that's it which it is you know our word is the law in the house but we want them to understand what our some understand a little bit of what our thinking is and again it's based off of their age you know if they're old enough like the older two you know they're teenagers you know 18 and 15 you can have a different conversation with them than maybe what you would have with our 10 year old because they process things differently so I think that's very important to understand where your kids are, but uh, you were going to say something. I was going to say that's, that's one of the things that I, I do try to teach them or tell them that not only just with us, but with anybody, um, I try to 
try to teach them and um tell them that always be open to your feelings and talking about your feelings, whether it's with me, a teacher, a friend, a family member, or whatever. But you 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 always have to open up because it's not good to hold things in. But just going back to just if it comes to like discipline things like that, I mean, we they may not agree with the reason why we discipline or did certain things, but I do also let let them speak and be open to hearing their feelings because that's one thing I do teach them that no matter what, these are your feelings and nobody can take that from you. Yeah. And and the and again it's important to to balance it out because yes, these are your feelings, but you have to learn how to express them. And I think giving them the the avenue to express those feelings Again, not saying that because you can feel a certain way, but the way you feel doesn't necessarily constitute to the reality of what the situation is. And, and sometimes you feel the way you feel because you are a child well, in their situation. They are, they are a child and they don't have the, the insight or the wisdom that we have to why, you know, we had to discipline them or why we got on to them about certain things. So, you know, in the moment, we may not have the conversation right off the bat to explain it and why we got on them for whatever they did. But I will say, you know, we will go back and sit them down and say, okay, so now that we've de-escalated a little bit, let's 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 talk about that a little bit more because I don't I don't like just yelling for the sake of yelling and then walking away and then there's nothing because I think that's where you start building up that, that animosity between, you know, parents and kids. And, you know, that's where kids just feel like they have to close off because parents just don't understand. So yeah. I think, I think it's good to do that. And, and that's, that's something that I've learned, you know, with the kids throughout the way, but you know, again, is knowing that they're all different. Like Sanai, you just looked at her wrong and she would jump like, you know, especially if she was little, she would look at you like you beat her. Like we never beat her. We never really whip had to whip her, but she had this fear of us at a young age. And it was so weird. Cause I'm like, we never touched you like that. You right. know? We so. hardly raised our voice up to her and everything. She just, I don't know what was going on with that girl. Yeah. And Trey was a little mind. different. Trey was different. He, he, he wasn't as, as fearful. I would say, um, he respected us and then Christian was just totally different he was just in a world of his own so Christian had no fear of anybody um, at all at a young age so you know they again all different personalities and you know some were you know some of them were stubborn some of them were easy going and as they got older you know I think exposure to the world kind of changed them a bit um, which kind of leads me into you know, the next thing I want to talk about, you know, being, being a parent and, you know, looking at, you know, different things, you know, and trying to balance, um, you know, trying to balance the kids out because you've got to kind of think about where you get to the place of, you know, balancing, protecting the kids versus equipping them for the real world in the future. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I look back and I say, do we shelter our kids too much or have we sheltered? Are we sheltering them? Are we keeping them from experiencing things or, you know, are we protecting them? And I, so I have that kind of in, internal struggle with myself. And I know you and I have talked about this, but, you know, what, what's your talk, your thinks, uh, your talks, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, just that whole point of balancing kind of you know, protecting them and sheltering them from things versus equipping them for the real world, like really saying, okay, you're going to have to experience this pain because you need to know 
this is what happens when you do A, B, and C. Let me let everybody else tell that people in our family and outside our family, they felt that we sheltered our kids. I don't feel that we sheltered our kids. I feel, feel that we kept them protected to things that they didn't need to be exposed to at their age. Um, I think we were very open to certain things age appropriate as far as just for instance on um, social media. Um, I know we probably didn't let Sanai get Snapchat till I can't remember how, eight, how old she was or Trey. But at the time when we didn't let her or Trey get it, they didn't need to have it. Snapchat or I would say, well, they never really got on Facebook, but Snapchat and all them different things. Um, I mean, I think we let them do it at the age that was probably appropriate for their age. I mean, again, I think a lot of people might have said that you guys shelter your kids, you guys don't do this. But a lot of people that said they don't really know us and know our situation. But at the same time, to me, it's not necessarily just an age. It's all about maturity because, I mean, a kid can be nine or 10 and, you know, they may be mature enough to handle certain things. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel that. I don't feel that we shut them home. I mean, even I think we let them be exposed to certain, like, as far as I'm just going to say cussing or whatever. I don't think we stopped our kids from watching TV shows or certain things because it was cussing on it. Because my thing was, you're going to hear that at school, which they did hear at school, you know, elementary school. There was conversations that and when Sanai was in first or second grade conversation that she overheard at school that I'm like, what are they doing talking about that at school? So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, again, I don't feel that we're sheltering them, but I do feel that we we kind of kept them pr- protecting things that they didn't need to be exposed to at certain ages at the same time. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I I'm I don't really care what people say about what we. I mean, I, I won't say everybody. I, I value certain people's opinion, but I don't really care too much about what people say about how we raise our kids. You know, uh, my, my biggest thing has always been looking at them, knowing who they are and knowing what they can handle. You know, right. um, I think Christian, Christian being the youngest, I think has been exposed to, or he, he has been able to process and comprehend more at his age than Sanai and Trey when they were at that age. Um, and I don't know if it's just his personality because Sinai was very, Sinai was just used to so many things that, you know, she, she thought the world was this perfect place and she, and she had her, her bubble was bursted, you know, when she went to school and, you know, people were, like you said, having conversations about certain things and, you know, that they had, I mean, most kids shouldn't be talking about or having those conversations at that age. But again, we can only control what happens within our household. You know, I can't, I can't control what happens outside of that. So, you know, that's where we have to start having those conversations with Sinai and Trey and Christian, you know, as things are coming up, making sure like, Hey, do you know about this? And, you know, seeing what they understand, you know, like you said, when it comes to music and television and things like that, you know, we didn't let them sit there and watch TV all day. And if there are certain things they watch, we, we, kept them sheltered in certain channels and things like that at certain ages. Um, but like you said, it got to a place where it's like, okay, we're fooling ourselves. If we think our kids haven't seen or heard certain things, 
Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're fooling ourselves with, with the internet now and, you know, kids having cell phones and access to unlimited data and, 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 you know, not, you know, parents, some parents don't understand technology, so they don't have filters on their phone. And even if they did, kids figure out how to do it. You know, I know kids are smart and I, and I know how I was able to figure out things with technology. So I know our kids have been able to do it and they have. Um, so I, I, I try not to fool myself into thinking that, you know, my kids are not going to do stuff like that. They're not going to be um, curious, curious about things. They're going to you know, they're not going to try because I know I was and most people have been when they were younger. They were curious. They want to hear it. They hear somebody talk about something. They want to, you know, they want to find out for themselves. So I think it's just overall, you know, one of those things where you've got to find a balance in your own household. You know, if you have people who you look up to as mentors in terms of, you know, being good parents and you feel like their their opinion matters, then definitely I would say, you know, consult them with some things, um, you know, but you can't take everybody's opinion when it comes to raising your kids, because, you know, you've been around, you know, we'll be around people who they want to tell everybody else how to raise their, their, you know, their kids, but they won't do it for their own. You know, they won't, they mm -hmm. won't, you know, do stuff like that. So, you know, got some that discipline yours don't want to discipline their own, but just going back to tonight and just age appropriate things, I think, Sanai growing up, she was just extra, extra, extra friendly. And she just thought the world was just this beautiful rainbow. And Sanai didn't meet a stranger. So just I'm just thinking back at the time where we was at the mall at that time. And Sanai just walked up to a stranger and gave him a hug. Yeah. And I think that was probably one of the reasons why probably didn't allow Sanai to do certain things at a young age, just because of my fear that she just thought everybody was her friend, everybody was friendly, that I, I guess it's just a fear that I just had that she would just open up to anybody. So there were certain things that probably didn't let her do at an age that maybe Trey might have did a little sooner than her. Well, and and so that was, that was a fear of mine, you know, because even before now you know now you you especially past year or two you've been hearing about a lot of well it's been more than that but it's really been big in the news about you know kids being taken especially young ladies you know being put into human trafficking and things like that and just mm -hmm. knowing how Sanai is you know like you said that used to scare me I think it hurt her feelings more so than anything when we used to tell her not to do that because she's like why I'm being nice and you know I'm just giving people hugs and she loved everybody I'm like we had to tell her without telling her that it's not good to just run up and hug people, even though her heart is pure. We had to let her know that there are people that are out there that will try to hurt her. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, again, whether or not they, you know, some people have an experience of somebody hurting them. And so they just do it. They're, they're sick, you know, and they have to get help. And there's things that, that caused them to do certain things, you know, and why they do it, you know, I don't know, there's different reasons, but she just couldn't, she really couldn't fathom that. And I think it bothered her, but then as she got it, she got older and started to be, her eyes started to be opened up a little bit more. You know, I, I think that, I think that crushed her in a lot of ways. Um, it did. Just seeing how the world, 
really is and people everybody that you thought because she remember she used to say everybody's my friend like that's my best friend everybody's her best friend and then you know she always wanted people to feel like they were you know she wanted people to feel like they were you know she was their best friend and, and everybody liked her and you know it was tough when people didn't like her it's not to say that she was perfect and you know she didn't do things that that probably made people mad and whatever the case may be but when somebody said i'm not your friend that like crushed her that used to like she used to come home and say so-and-so told me they're not my friend anymore and you know she was like in tears you know because of that so you know trey was different you know and christian was totally different you know christian was like well whatever you know they said they're not my friend that's okay they're not my friend i don't care about them anymore and she he just moved on but i so, think that's when her i think when she her eyes had started opening up to the world i think that's when because when i used to be she used to be very talkative like i said very talkative very friendly didn't meet a stranger but I think at that time when her eyes had opened up to the world, that's when Sanai started getting more into her shell, being more to herself, being more quieter. You know, she didn't, she doesn't speak as much as she used to. I mean, she's still friendly. Like, you know, she's definitely friendly. She, she That's just her personality. But at the same time, you could tell now that she's older and she's been exposed to a lot of the things that her, you know, she's more her shell and she's more, um, She's more, I mean, she's more, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Cautious, I guess, with a yeah. lot of things. Yeah, I think she, she's got walls up now to certain, and, and sometimes it's good. She, she's got more, I guess, filters, and, and she's not letting people, you know, just get to her, and she's learning more and more. So it's a transition for her, but as a parent, you know, I think for us to – it's a balancing act again to you don't want to overexert yourself into her her process but you also want to make sure that we're guiding her and giving her support you know letting her know that this you know our home is always going to be a safe place for her to come and talk and you know express things and you know I, it's just important for us to to keep that with all the kids you know um because I think just you have to have some sanctuary. You have to have a place where you can go and just feel like I'm not going to be judged. You know, even as parents, you know, sometimes our kids feel like we may judge them uh, just because of things that they do or say. And, you know, the differences in our ages and how we came up and different things, you know. And I think from what I've seen a lot, a lot of times, kids these days, they do feel like they're judged by so many. Um, and as parents, you know, we have to do our jobs not to make them feel judged. We have to discipline, but not judge them in a way that they feel like they have to live up to a standard, you know, and sometimes it's a standard that even us as parents haven't even met. So, you know, we, we have to be realistic about how we present ourselves to the kids, which is very important because, you know, we have to tell, and I think we do a good job at that. We do a good job about being transparent with our kids, you know, obviously age appropriate things as they get older, we have conversation, they experience things and we can be a little transparent about the experiences that we've had and letting them know that, you know, there are some things that we have in common and finding those common areas. And that helps us to be able to bridge that gap in conversation. And then, you know, it opens them up to be able to talk to us a little bit more about just different situations. Um, 
Yeah, I think so. I think that's very, very much so important for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this is a topic, and, and I want to bring this up because I know I've I've said something like this before and put it on social media. Um, and I've heard different people post this, um, you know, or read, read it where they post it or they put videos about it. But from your perspective, do you think that there is an issue being the kid's best friend or friend in general? Do you think that's a problem? What What are your what are your take? What is your take on, you know, a parent being the kid's friend? Wow. Uh, I I think at a certain age, you can't or you shouldn't be your kid's friend. I think that's a relationship that has to build over time. Um, I, I guess we keep talking about Sai just because I guess because she's the oldest. But I don't want to make it seem like we're that's our favorite. But but just with Sai, our relationship now that she's older is probably definitely different than it was when she was you know younger especially when she was going through that age where her body was changing and all that stuff at that point I feel like no I can't be her friend I got to be her you know got to be her parent because she need discipline right now you know her hormones going crazy but now that she's getting older and um now that she's getting older and and it's to the point now where I mean I I I I can't say that we raised her because she she still you know we still have some raising to do but she's a young adult she know at this point she knows right from wrong she know our expectations and things like that so now I feel like I can kind of move into the lane of not only just being her parent but I can also be her friend you know because I feel like if you're your if you if long as your long as your child respects you and you know y'all at a certain point especially her age you can kind of be their friend because I mean you still have to discipline but you can kind of be their friend too because I feel like if you're their friend they're more open to talk talk to you about certain things because if I just I'm just all a hard parent like no you can't do this and this and that you know stuff like that then she won't be open to tell me about mom, I'm thinking about doing this or mom, you know, this is my thought process and, you know, talk her through it. You know, she's going to be more closed minded. Like, I'm not going to go talk to my mom about this and this and that, you know, because I know what she's going to do. She's going to tell me, no, you can't do this and you shouldn't do this. And this is, you know, stuff like that. So I feel like at a certain age, you, you can't get to the point where you, you're your um, kid's friend as well as their parents. You're always going to be their parent no matter what but I, I do feel like it's you know it's a certain time that you can start being friends you know because I feel like besides you you know I don't have a lot of friends and only because I've I've chose not to have a lot of friends you know I don't I don't open up to a lot of people because I don't like people in my space and especially the ones just trying to just be in your business and stuff like that so now it's to the point where Sonia's getting older she's more like my girl best friend you know yeah I mean so I think uh, the role of a parent it, it kind of encompasses a little bit of friendship um a lot of respect and guidance and your coach and so you you take it's a lot of roles rolled up in it 
Um, I think for me, and again, it, it's it's really it's to each his own uh, on this. I think for me, it's important to make sure that one, the respect, not only respect of what I'm telling you, but respect in you know what I'm what I'm telling you from an aspect of advice or things like that. Cause you know, it, it, you, you can tell your kids anything and they're going to go do what they want to do, you know, especially when they get to a certain age, they, they, and it's adults that do that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think for me, I want our kids to make sure that the respect is always there. Yes. They need to be able to come to us and I want them to have that ability to come to us in a manner that they know that they're going to get, the realistic answer they're going to get, or they're going to be able, we can listen to them, but they're going to get the answer that they need to hear versus the answer they want to hear. Right. Uh, and I think that's, that's a difference. That's the difference with, you know, certain situations of saying, well, I want them to be able to come to us and with everything, but because if they know we're going to say a certain things while we're doing this, we're being sort of a, a conscience for them. Um, and most of the time the kids know when they can and they when they can come to us and they know when when something they want to do is foolish and they know what their response is going to be they know mom and dad are not going to probably go for that but you know they may ask one of us versus the other depending on what it is but i think at the end of the day you know we've instilled in them enough information and it's it's always we're all we're going to be parenting them until we're gone from this earth. And even then there's going to be things that we've instilled in them. And they're still going to be parenting them, you know, until they're gone. So um, I think we just have, I think there's just a, for me, like I said, it's just a balance because at certain stages, like, you know, Christian, he's the youngest when he was younger, you know, he had his ups and downs, but you know, he was like, okay, that's my little buddy, you know, Christian, my little buddy, Trey was at that place too. Uh, so I was at that place too. And they get older and they start to feel themselves a little bit. And it's like, okay, now you've got to, you've got to make sure that it's not all the cute little district, you know, you know, and that, that's the thing that gets me, you know, I see people let their kids do, do certain disrespectful things. And they think it's cute because they're little and then they get older and it's like a continuation of it. And then they have to be hard, extra hard on them because they let them do all this cute stuff. And they thought it was cute when they were little, but it was really bad and disrespectful. So now they're older and they're still doing it. And now you got to try to break a habit. So my whole thing was to try not to allow those, those disrespectful habits to flow even when they were little, you know, like you don't get up in, you know, our faces and do little stupid stuff and, you know, think that was cool, you know, and we play with the, we always play with the kids and joke around with, I mean, we always did that, but it, again, it's, it's, it's the balancing, balancing of, you know, how far do you want to go being a friend? Because a friend, I can go to a friend and be like, dude, shut up. If my kids go to me and say, shut up, even though they're standing in a playful way, they know, I mean, they, they know now not even say they wouldn't even want to try to even say shut up. They don't even try to really get buck with us and, you know, get up in it. Cause they know both of us have the ability to snap and go, you know, Hulk on them and, and they don't want, they don't want those problems. So, you know, it, it's, it starts at a young age. And so I asked that question because I see a lot of people say, yeah, my, my daughter and they like five, like that's my best friend. And, and, you know, they, they do, they do this and every little thing they do is cute and they acting grown and doing things. I'm like, they five, like, right. You know, and again, you know, I try not to put judgment on that, but I'm like, 
I look at it from when I was just speaking about our kids, I'm like, I'm not going to let our kids do that. So if I have to play the villain and say, I'm not your friend, I'm your father, I'm more important to you than a friend, you know, and some people had to say that to them plenty of times, you know, I mean, not that they were disrespectful, but I mean, kids, kids are going to be kids. They're going to test you at times and they may say something off the wall to you a certain way in a certain tone. And we have to tell them there's been plenty of times we have to say, wait a minute now, you don't talk to me like that. I'm your mother. I'm your father. I'm not your friend, you know, and they they snap right, right back into place. But I mean, just going back to, I mean, just being a, um, being your child friend or a parent, I, again, I go back to a certain age. I definitely don't feel that when they're younger, especially Christian age. I mean, again, we, like you said, we, we play with our kids, you know, we joke around because, you know, we don't, we're not always serious, but I do feel at, at a certain age, you, you can't, I don't think you can be their friend because they will, they will try to run over you and, and be disrespectful you know, I've seen situations where growing up with people raised their kids and they were more their friend at a young age than they were a parent. They let them do whatever they wanted to do just because they didn't want to discipline them. And then when they got older, you know, they were off the wall, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. And, and I think that's, that's, that's where I say when you try to, when you have those, those times when they're younger and you don't nip some of those things in the bud, then it's harder to break those habits when they get older and, and now they're bigger. They, they're more, that, that mentality is more ingrained in them. And so it's harder to break that. Um, and they'll be quick to say too, will you let me do it? You should let me do it when I was such and such age. I used to do this. Yeah. And they will now remind you. you. Want to, yeah. yeah. Like, now you want to say something about it. Why are you saying something about it now? You used to let us do it, you know? Yeah. Kids will remind you and and they are, I mean, they are the the biggest way. If you want to find out where you are or, or, you know, how you've been, ask a kid, you know, sometimes they tell you without asking, but you know, they, they will, they will definitely, um, you know, let you know and remind you of the things that you said or used to do, uh, which is good because it keeps you on your toes. And it doesn't mean that you still don't stand firm to, to if you change, because sometimes, you know, when we first became parents, you know, we were, when Sanaya was born, we were like, what, 24, 25, something like that. Yeah. So, you know, we were still young, you know, having her, we still figuring out, you know, who we are, figuring out our life. You know, we're still, we're young. I mean, not as young as some parents, as some parents are, but we were young in, in the fact that, you know, a young couple just married, you know, starting off with kids, figuring out how, like I always say, you know, I went from a college graduate to a husband, to a father within 12 month period, you know, and you went from, you know, you just started working, you know, to being a wife, to being a a mother, you know, around that same time, you know, working on your career. So there, and I'm still trying to figure out what I was going to do from a career standpoint. So there's a lot of figuring out going on and at the early age. And so I think that kind of leads into the next part is, you know, or even with the original question is, you know, what we learned over the years, because we were maturing with our, our kids throughout the process, you know, as they were growing, we're maturing. So we learned some things with Sinai that, you know, we did a little differently with Trey. 
And then we learned some things with both Trey and Sinai that we did a little differently with Christian. So it, it wasn't, you know, about the fact that we loved them any differently or, you know, there was any kind of, we, we got relaxed and just said, okay, we just going to let all this stuff go. You know, we just got to a place where we said we learned, we matured and we said, okay, we know that we need to change this as people. We figured out ourselves. We started to understand a little bit more. We had our, you know, our kids got, you know, the older two were getting bigger. So when the younger one came on, Christian came about, you know, they kind of helped us with him in so many ways, just because, you know, they, he was there, you know, Christian had them as playmates, you know, they, they loved on him. They always wanted to hold and play with him. And, you know, so we got a chance to observe some different things because now we've got multiple kids. And when you got one, you know, it's kind of you and it's kind of, it was us in, in Sinai. And I think with that situation, it, it, you know, she was always right there watching everything we did. And so we had to be, we had to make sure that we were a certain way as parents and it's not being fake, but, you know, again, when there's no other kids around, you got one kid, kids always are going to, they're going to do, they're going to do what you do. They're going to watch your actions, not necessarily your words all the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to be a certain way. And then when Trey came along, that gave Sanai kind of something else that she could, focus on and you know develop and and you know have as a I won't say a distraction but she kind of had him and then when Christian came along they both kind of gravitated together and you know took to took to him so it, it gave us an opportunity to step back and be able to really observe our kids in a different way so I'm not advocating to have a lot of kids so you can you know let them so it takes the pressure off of you because it doesn't um, having different kids, multiple kids, you know, it's a blessing, but it takes work just like one, you know, it, it is definitely a blessing. So, so we a talked about, yeah, it, it is, but I mean, it, it's, it's worth, I think it's worked as well worth it. So, you know, for, for, for in that situation or in that instance, you know, for you, what ways have you enjoyed being a parent? I just enjoy it. I enjoy just spending time with my kids and um, making memories, doing different things with them. <laughs> like my mom always say, she she still brings this up to this day. The time that uh, we let Sanai go up there and stay with her, that she's supposed to have been with her the whole summer, which I never told her that, but she said I did. But I mean, I just, just me being a parent, I just can't, even though at times, you know, I get tired and probably want to break. I enjoy being around my kids. I enjoy making memories with them. I enjoy taking vacations and just, you know, just doing different things with them, um, different experiences, just going for a hike. You know, I like to do different things with my kids. I, even though I, you know, as a parent, you get tired and you want to break, but it's times where we had a break and I'm like, man, I'm bored because you're so used to being with your kids and doing things with your kids. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, even though being a parent is, is I'm not going to say it's easy. It's definitely not easy. But like you said, it's a challenge that's well worth it. I just I enjoy being with my kids. I enjoy being a parent. I mean, if I if I can have more kids and financially support more kids, I probably would have had about six kids because I enjoy kids and I enjoy being with my kids. But three is enough. <laughs> well 
I, I think if God blessed us with more, we would definitely be able to take care of it. I think you just got to the place where you was like, I ain't having no more. I'm yeah, done. I, I didn't feel like going through the the pregnancy and all that. I mean, if I maybe if I had a better experience being pregnant, not having being sick and things like that, then I probably wouldn't have mind having more. But I mean, now it's to the point where again, I enjoy being with my kids and being around them and everything, and just having fun and laugh. I love the times that we're just sitting around and just laughing and joking, just having a good time. But now that they're getting older, which, I mean, I'm not rushing it. I'm to the place now where um, after Christian, done raising kids, now it's time to wait on our grandkids. <laughs> yeah. So KK, like, ready to skip ahead to the next phase of going straight to grandkids and then. No, not right able, now. Being able to travel, <laughs> travel the world and then just drop in, see the grandkids and keep moving. I'm definitely not rushing to become a uh, grandmother but i'm just saying that no, so, um, so so now if you listen to this we not we not pushing for you to have no babies <laughs> trade you too so just know wait till you're married and have they, are, they already know i definitely put that in their head all the time yeah we, we preach that we preach that i mean obviously things happen but you know we we and, and just to you know you know we 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 let them know that even having kids within a marriage, there's still challenges. Um, but when you have two people committed to each other, working at together, you you a lot of times have a better chance if those two people truly came together for the right reasons. And I'm not going to go into the marriage piece of it, but more so just from a parenting standpoint, you know, if you got two people that are balanced together, well, they, they, they look at life the same. They want the same things out of life. They're different, but their differences complement each other. And, you know, you have the same ideas about raising kids and all that stuff. I mean, those are things that are important, you know, because we know it doesn't take much to make a baby, but to raise them in an environment and, you know, to give them, the type of lifestyle that maybe you didn't have or to give them more than what you have. And, you know, it, it, it takes a lot and, and it's, 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 you know, it's, it's can be challenging, but I think it's more rewarding than anything. So, you know, in terms of me and, you know, the, the, the joy I get from being a parent, you know, I tell people all the time growing up, you know, playing sports and, you know, people have hoop dreams, you know, there was a time where I wanted to be a professional baseball player, but, it wasn't to the place where it's like my biggest thing that I always wanted to be was a husband and a father. So fatherhood, parenthood, you know, for me is, is very rewarding because I get to take, you know, these young impressionable kids and try to raise them the best way we can and then kind of watch them move on and, and be successful. And throughout the way there, there are challenges that are going to happen. I mean, and, and, don't get me wrong. There are times where it's like, this isn't what I plan for my kid. You know, this isn't what I wanted, but I have to realize it's not about what I want. You know, it, it's sometimes they're going to make their own decisions and you can be as, you can try to be as perfect you are as, as possible, which there's no such thing as a perfect parent, but you can try to raise them as best as you can. You can give them everything in the world. You can, you know, try to make sure they're in the right environment, but kids are going to be kids. They're going to find a way to, do things you know and maybe not as much as us some as much as others but they're going to find a way to to try to find their own identity or whatever so I've gotten to the place where I'm like I, I just I love 
raising the kids. I, I love some of the challenges that we have faced. Um, and it sounds weird, but, you know, I just think about what my parents had to deal with, with me and my brother and my sisters. And I look at what we deal with, with our kids, you know, and I say deal with, but what we, you know, what we go through, you know, in our everyday thing. And I'm like, you know, it's funny because I remember my dad saying, yeah, one day you're going to see, you know, when you have your own kids, you're going to see what we're talking about. And now I caught myself saying that to trade not too long ago, like one day you're going to see when you have kids and you're going to understand mm-hmm. where we're coming from. So, you know, it's a lot of those things. And I, and I, it's fun. I laugh when I say stuff like afterwards, I don't laugh at the time, but I just started thinking about that. Like, man, it's, you know, it's crazy, but I think about my parents, they, they loved kids. They love being around kids, you know, and, and I'm the same way. You're the same way. You know, we, we just love family. We love like I said, making memories. Um, you know, we can take a vacation every year, you know, when we pretty much have, but you know, we can go like for me, like people think I'm crazy. Like I love taking the kids to Disney world and going to universal studios and amusement parks. Cause it makes me feel like a kid and it makes them feel like kids, you know, they're enjoying themselves and everybody's just having fun, you know, and we're all together. And even at the house, you know, we, we got, you know, our new place, you know, we, we, we have this to make more memories. Um, they're spaced out more, but we have more areas to come together. So it's a good balance of, you know, we, if we need it to, we can have entertainment here at our own house and have the kids there and just enjoy things. So, having those memories, you know, whether it's vacations, you know, them activities that they're involved in, you know, always being present. And then I think both of us have done a good job of, of balancing work and, and that aspect of parenting and being, being present for our kids. And that's been very important. I, I've enjoyed that part of it as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess for me, I've always wanted to be a a wife and a mother as well I mean I always loved kids since I was younger so it was just destined for me to have have kids or whatever and just enjoy them and just different memories but another thing like you said I enjoy just watching them play sports and you know looking at their growth throughout the years you know and I think we both have done a good job at that you know if we if we both can be at a game you know, we would split up. You'll be at one part, one person game, and I'm at the other, or we, you know, switch or whatever. But I mean, I just like you said, I also enjoy just being present because I just remember growing up that when I played sports, I, my mom wasn't too present because she worked, you know, things like that. So I just feel like just being a parent and you know, watching your kids. In, in different sports and just doing the things that they love is I think that's very important I mean I enjoy just you know the times that I go up there and surprise them for lunch you know I used to try to yeah. at one point I used to try to do that at least once a month you know each of them go and take them something to eat and just sit down with them and have lunch with them you know I just I enjoy just doing different things like that and different experiences and you know just being a, a present parent yeah, I, I think it's important to say present. And that's why I said it earlier, because you can be a parent and not be there. Like when we go to events and not, I don't want to just say sports. I mean, you're older too. They, they're very big in, in the basketball. Um, but even with Christian, you know, whether it's coming to the school for, you know, a, a holiday thing or they're doing a play or doing a singing, you know, some kind of singing thing, you know, we, we make sure we're there. Take cupcakes for their birthdays right, and all right. that, you know. 
And I don't, we don't take that. I don't, we don't take that for granted. It seems small, but you know, I always, we I always wanted to do that. And I know my, it was hard for my parents to do it growing up because of their work schedule. And then they worked far away from where our house was. So our school was in the neighborhood. So it was difficult for them to come home at lunch and it was a different time. You know, it was a definitely a different time then, than you know, now and, God has blessed us to be able to have jobs with some more flexibility because it wasn't always like that for us as well. You know, there were times where, you know, you had more flexibility. I didn't. And I had more flexibility. You didn't. And then, you know, it was difficult for both of us to do certain things. So it was always these different times, but it always seemed to be a way that we could get there. Um, and one of us would be there to support, you know, no matter what the situation was, because we want them to know, you know, you know, we always tell our kids, you know, if you give maximum effort, you know, we're going to support you in every way, you know, good, bad, or ugly, we're going to be there to support you and, and help you out. Um, and, and when I say support and being present, like when we go to games or we go to events, if we're on our phone just to record, we're, but if not, we're paying attention to what's going on, we're cheering for them, we're rooting for them, we're, you know, we're those parents, you know, we're going to give them some feedback if they want it. Sometimes we give it to them when they don't want it. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're 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 going to be in that. And that's in everything, you know. So and I think that's important, you know, because kids, kids, they you think that they don't want that. And some kids will act like they don't want it. But when you look back, like I look back now, I can think of times where my parents came to baseball games or they came to watch me, you know, do certain things in the band or they, they were there. And then they wasn't just my parents. They were bringing like aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, whoever was around, they would call them up and bring them. So I always had a big contingency. And so we've tried to do that as best as possible. Um, oh, you're so blessed. No, I, I, I always say that I, I, I have the most, I would say I had the most supportive family, you know, not just my immediate family, but I had aunts, uncles and cousins who, you know, if there was something going on, they were going to be there. You know, even when I was in college, you know, my little brother, he, he would have the house packed for his basketball games, my brother, Jason. So it was, that, that was just what they, everybody was just supportive. If they could, if they can be there, they were there. I mean, I remember when I was still in high school and driving, we were driving, going to middle school basketball games. If somebody had a play, you know, we were there, my cousin Keisha and my sister, you know, uh, Shantae, they were, they were in, you know, uh, Mosaic Youth Theater, which is this big, you know, touring group uh, youth theater in Detroit. And they put on these big productions. I mean, we used to go there and we would have a whole section full of our family just to support stuff like that. So I had that growing up. And I think that was something that I loved. And I want to make sure that our kids, you know, if anything, they had us, you know, yeah. Um, you know, whether it was friends or different people, they had, they knew that they can look out there and they were going to see us there. Um, and I think that's just important because it encourages them, you know, it gives them, you know, they look out there and it's like, especially if we're, we're not, they're not looking out there thinking, okay, they're going to critique us and they're going to cuss us out or something like that. Or we don't play right. Or we don't do this right. Or not. We, we're there to support. We're cheering them on. We're trying to be that positive, friendly face in the crowd that they can spot off and spot and, you know, kind of relax and do what they got to do in whatever event it is. So, mm -hmm. and I mean, that's that's very important because I can just think about the times over the years from the time that Sanai was younger from elementary school up into high school. I think I think both you and I, we I don't think we probably haven't missed an event, whether it was them doing 
a Thanksgiving play or I mean, we've always tried to be there for everything that they have because I always feel bad when I look at kids that don't have any parents there. Yeah. You know, it's just I feel bad for them. So I've always wanted to be that parent that was always there and present for those type of things, whether it's big or small. I mean, we was I mean, any award ceremony, we were there. Any little small, you know, thing they had in their classrooms, we were there. You know, like you said, if it wasn't both of us, one of us there. Like you said, we didn't always have the schedule to fit it, but we've always seemed to make a way. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, you know, it was just, it was something that was important to us. So when we talk about parenthood, I mean, and, and parenting for us, you know, our presence at all the little events, you know, was was just something that we had to do. I mean, at, at their old school, at their elementary school, they did a fun run every year. And most of those years we were out there, you know, with them just checking off laps that they run or things like that, just because, you know, you know, we see other kids out there. We wanted our kids and they love when we came out there and we would, it was some points we would say, do y'all want us to come? And they, they, most of the, every time they would say, yeah, we want you to be there. You know, some, it was, it was a couple of times, I think when Trey was getting a little older, he was like, well, then he, but he wanted us to come. Like we come to some events. He's like, are you going to come? And he's like, well, you don't have to. And then we're like, no, nah, we gonna, you know, we're going to be there. And he's like, okay. So he was, he was going through that. I'm, I'm cool. I don't want nobody to come and, you know, embarrass me, but you know, we ain't, we ain't the embarrass, embarrassing type, but nevertheless, you know, we, we definitely are there and being present. So, um, you just going to say something? Oh, no. So I want to, I want to go into a, you know, kind of a, a topic that's, you know, a little, can be a little hard to deal with, but, you know, as a mother, you know, you're, you've been a mother of young black boys and you start thinking about the things that have happened in our, our country over the past few years, you know, how has it been for you to deal with a lot of the stuff that's been going on? You know, the things about our young black man being killed for whatever the reason being, but just seeing that they're, they're seemingly, showing that their targets on their back and, and having to, you know, really care and protect them and, and make sure they understand the, the, the realism of going out into the, just walking down the street in certain situations. Um, how has that been for you over the past few years? I mean, to be honest with you, I try not to think about it. I mean, I try my, I don't watch a lot of news or anything like that because I don't like to, always hear the negative things that go on because I know that I know how I am that would affect me but um I guess it's scary I guess especially with Trey because he's older and I know at times Trey can have a little temper so that's one of the things that's really kind of you know scared to me because I have to emphasize to him all the time like you can't be like this you can't be so hot tempered to the point where you know, you just want to just go off and stuff like that, you know, because all it takes is for you, just your body language and how you say things, you can just, you can do that to a police officer and you liable not to even come home. So that's one of the things that makes me with him at times a little nervous. I think he's gotten better over the years, but it was a point in time where his little temper was just off the chain and you just have to, you know, just really talk to him and just explain to him you know, the reasons why I feel this way, why we feel this way, and just it just be real to him with what's going on in the world 
and just be cautious because like we say, your job is to come home every day. You know, you can't yeah. go out there and it's, I guess when I say just hot tempered Trey, you know, he had, a, he had a time where he had to prove his point, you know, when he felt a certain way, he felt strongly about it. And he's going to make sure that you hear what he's saying and understand why he's saying it. But you can't do that outside of home sometimes because everybody's not going to, everybody don't love you like your parents do, first of all. And, you know, going out there and doing those kind of things with police officer or anything else, you know, get pulled over and trying to explain, well, I was speeding because of this. And why are you pulling me over? Something like that, you know. You know, just have to emphasize to him that your job is to come home. You know, you got to be as peaceful as possible, but be respectful. You know, try to, if you have to try to explain what's going on, you still have to follow the directions of the police officer or whatever. And so that you can come home safe that day. So, I mean, it's scary. Again, I try not to think about it. You know, I'm not going to, I mean, I prayerfully that neither one of our boys would ever experience that. You know, even with Christian being a young age, I guess with the little boy that got shot for playing with um a little gun at the park. Tamir Rice. Yeah. Like, I don't even let Christian, I, I won't even let him go out the house. I mean, you know, he don't really have a lot of um gun toys like that, but I wouldn't even buy him anything like that just because of that situation. Yeah. So, and, and I think that was one of the things. I mean, it's... So the biggest thing, like you said, is your job is to make it home, like come home. And that's my, even for me, you know, there are times where I look at things and it's like, okay, I've got something bigger and greater than to try to argue my point in a situation. And, you know, I want to say this for the record. I know that I'm not saying that all police officers are looking to do anything to, you know, are always out to do something bad. It's not all of them. There's always a few rotten apples in the bunch, but, you know, I think it's important to say this though, you know, what I, what I've had to sit down and the fact that I have to sit down and I had to sit down and talk to the boys and even Sanai about, you know, with her driving and just making sure that they understand that it's, you're, it's not worth, worth it to try to win an argument in situations like that. You know, it shouldn't, don't right. let it escalate to an argument you keep the cooler head because, you know, the unfortunate part about it is when you look at it on, and I try to look at things on both sides of the equation, there are some police officers who are overworked. There are some police officers who don't have the right kind of training to be able to deescalate situations. They don't have uh, training on how to have, you know, crucial conversations and to be able to, again, deal with conflict and, and period. So I have to understand that, that that's that. And then there's the human side of things where, there are cops that are out there who are scared. They're they're probably more scared than you, and they've got the gun and badge. Um, so we've got to understand they don't they want to try to come home each day to their family. And so by keeping the situation de-escalated as best as best as possible, you know, that's gonna help you. But you know, for me as a father, you know, again, as a black man, a father of boys, and you know, having a young lady as, you know, you know, as the oldest. I think the challenge has always has been, you know, we, we teach them to stand up for themselves and stand up for what's right. Uh, but there has to be a caveat with that in certain situations, because again, you know, I don't want my son walking around having to feel like he's got to defend himself because of, you know, 
some road cop that decided to do something, you know, wrong or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, again, I'm not trying to push this on, but, you know, about police brutality, but again, there's, there's been so many examples of it out there and I don't want him to be a statistic or any of them to be a statistics for that, for statistic for that matter. So for me, it's always about making sure that they understand the situation that they're in, the environment that they're in, the people that they're around. Um, you know, I think we've been very careful about just making sure our kids pick their friends wisely, you know, mm-hmm. because the people that you hang out with, you know, perception is real and perception can be reality in most times. And, you know, the people that you hang around, you know, you may be the the best person in the group, the nicest person, no attitude, this, that, and the other, but because you hang around people who are known to do certain things that are not looked upon you know and with a good eye you know you're going to be lumped with that group so again you know you got to understand who you're with you know so we try to give them those little tips and tools it's like it's okay to have friends it's okay i want you to feel good about hanging out with people um you know and we're very picky about just people we let in our space in our house you know if there's if our kids have friends and we're like yeah you know they got too much going on you know, we don't want to bring that into our home and explaining that to them to make sure they understand that it's not it's not an indication or it's not an indictment against them. But we just want to make sure like, OK, you want to hang around this person and you tell me this person is always getting in trouble at school. They always talk disrespectfully to teachers, this, that and the other. So what's going to stop a teacher from thinking that you're just like them if you're always hanging tough with that person, unless the teacher or that person or, or the people you're around, the 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 authority figures you're around unless they they know you and have a, a you know in a relationship with you to the place where you know they just know that you're hanging around somebody or you're just around that person but that's not you you know uh, but we try to make sure that they understand that um you know the, be careful of the crowd you in the company you keep you know that that's that's always very important to teach a kid you know i understand about loyalty and you know you gotta be loyal to your friends but you know, friends change, you know, and if you got friends mm-hmm. that are, that are trying to get you to do things that you know are not right, you've got to evaluate if those are the right friends. And right. sometimes, sometimes it hurts. And sometimes, you know, people can be seasoned on your life, but it takes more courage to walk away from the wrong friend, you know, than to sit there and, and try to be loyal and do the things that they, they're trying to get you to do just to, so you, y'all can do it together. Like, I was never big on peer pressure. I was never big on allowing peer pressure to push me to do things that I didn't want to do. I'm not saying I didn't deal with it, but I'm just saying I wasn't moved by what well, everybody else is doing it, so I need to do it. You know, not from that perspective. You know, I, 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 I tried to, I tried to fight that, that battle as much as I could. So, you know, I just try to keep our kids understanding that, you know, yes, make it home, be safe, you know, don't put yourself in situations that escalate. If you see, if you're around people that escalate very fast, you know, you see a situation going left, you know, remove yourself from it, you know, as, as safely as you can, just get away from it or just don't be involved with those people because you're just setting yourself up for, you know, uh, you're setting yourself up for failure, so. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, I mean, I think we've touched upon a lot of things when it comes to parenting. Um, I guess one last thing, you know, and like I started off with, you know, we can only speak about our 
experience of experiences parents you know within the context of our marriage um but what would you say are some of the benefits of parenting within a marriage as opposed to well, i'll just say just stick it with that just stick to that parenting within a marriage what are some of the benefits of being a parent within a marriage I think parenting within a marriage, one of the benefits is you don't have to deal with baby mama or or, um, baby daddy drama, especially if if you, you and your spouse talk about parenting styles and how you're gonna raise your kids and different things like that before you start having kids, that's important. Before you get married, really. I mean, yeah. Yeah, before you get married, because I mean, y'all might have totally different ways that you want to raise your kids from religion and discipline and all that. So uh, yeah, upbringing. Can, right. So you can be on a di- totally different pages that causes you not want to marry that person, but definitely should discuss that before you get married. But um, yeah, I I, I think you know having been a parent within a marriage, you can eliminate a lot of drama that a lot of people have when they have kids outside the marriage kids living in different places and has to go back and forth you know this weekend I'm with mom this weekend I'm with dad and you know just eliminate all that confusion and you know yeah unstable unstableness yeah I think stability is kids need stability as best as possible and again this this isn't looking down on any single parents any people that are co-parenting you know kids in different places that's why i want to make sure i focus about the benefits because there are a lot of people who are interested who want to be parents and they want to be married and you know i want to talk about what are you know what are those good things and i think you know you touched upon a lot of them you know obviously there should be communication about wanting to have kids you know, how you want to parent the kids, the type of environment you want to have for the kids and all that stuff that should happen before you get married to somebody. Because again, you want to be on the same page with that stuff. You want to come in, you want to come into that relationship, you know, with a lot of common ground on some, uh, some foundational, you know, kind of issues, you know, similar to, you know, I don't, I don't want to go into, I don't want to go into marrying somebody and, you know, their idea of marriage is totally, totally different than mine. It's like, well, why are we getting married? Because I don't want to get married to somebody who's convinced that they're only going to be married for so long and they're probably going to get a divorce just because that's, they, they're just used to seeing that, you know, right. you know, and, and I, and I've had conversations with people that say they don't expect to be married. You know, once they get married, they, they expect they're probably going to get divorced. I'm like, well, why are you getting married? You know, why are you going through that? And then you're going to bring kids into, this false reality of, you know, we're going to get married and eventually get divorced and tear the family apart. Now I'm not a proponent of staying married. If, if both parties aren't happy and it's actually causing more pain to the kids than it is helping them. Right. I'm not, I'm not for that. And I want to make sure I'm clear with that. You know, we can get into the whole, all the biblical religious stuff about marriage and divorce and all that, but at the end of the day, if you've done all you can to try to make that marriage work and that marriage is causing more problems with you and your mental health, physical health, and with the children, then it's a toxic environment. (laughs) You got to think about that. But 
you know, within the course of a marriage, I think, you know, one of the things I, I like and I, I love about being married and raising our kids is, you know, the, the teamwork and that teamwork comes with us being on the same page. You know, we may have different opinions of how to get things done at different times, but we're always the, the, the main goal is always there and we're always together on what the main goal is. You know, KK may have a time where she's like, well, I, I kind of want to do it this way. And I may have it say, I want to do it this way. And we may come up with a compromise. We may take one of the others, you know, idea to, to make it happen. But, you know, it, it's all put together to get towards the, the main goal. And our main goal is, you know, to try to be successful as we can as parents, as, as husband and wife, as a family in general. So I think the teamwork is always good because we all, you know, as individuals within this family, you know, we all have our ups and downs, you know, there's always an ebb and flow to what we do um, and how we are. There's times where KK, you may be down and I may have to pick up some things. There may be times where I'm down and you may have to pick up things. Um, but you can balance that out when you have, you know, when you're raising kids within a marriage, you know, you can do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think it, 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 it solves a lot of challenges you know, some people say, and I hear it all the time, well, you know, you've got two incomes and, you know, it, it's easier to do things. Well, yeah, it is. That's why we chose to do, you know, we chose to be parents within a marriage and we chose to be married before we were parents because we wanted to make sure that we had things set up the right way. Again, everything didn't go the way we planned, but, you know, we had the mindset to stay together, work together to figure it out. And then, you know, with our kids, it was the same thing. You know, when we have kids, we, we were all on the same page about having kids. We knew what we wanted to do. You know, we had a good game plan of how we want to raise them. Again, it's not perfect, um, you know, because your kids are going to change things. And God has, you know, they say, if you want to make God laugh, you know, show them your plans, you know, and, and there's things, a lot of things that we wanted to do. And, you know, we, we had visions for this or that, and it didn't necessarily work out that way, but you know, God's timing and God's ways are always perfect. So, you know, I can't complain about anything, but again, I just feel like being able to provide our kids this type of environment, this type of stability. And again, I'm not saying you can't have happiness in, in a single parent household, because I know plenty of people who, you know, their mom or their dad, or, you know, or they were co-parenting, like I said, within two separate households, but they gave the kid all the kid or kids all the love possible. I'm not saying that that can't happen, but, you know, I'm just thinking about what we wanted to do and, and our goal and, you know, the, the role that in the family that God intended to be was, you know, mother and father raising their children, you know, within that household. So, that is what we are really trying to to emulate and again it's not us being perfect because we're not we're not perfect people we we try to be perfect in him as best as we can and you know do we fall short yes um but i think there's enjoyment in the whole process of being able to work with your spouse and, and to see the fruit of the work the, the labor that you put in and so we see it. We also see the, the fruit of some things that, that sprout up that, that we may not have made a good decisions in. But together we work through those, you know, so it's never like, well, you made that choice here on your own. It's like, hey, we all right, well, that's what we did. We got to figure out how we can get out of this, you know, and, you know, we pray about it. We work together and, you know, we move to the next thing. So, you know, being perfect, you know, we're not perfect. We, we, we as parents, we make mistakes. Um, 
you know, because we're not perfect. Uh, but, but I think in a marriage, we work together. And through working together, we're able to figure out, you know, navigate through those misdirections that we may have had, the things that we have done wrong. But I think overall, I, I definitely enjoy and I, I I would do it all over again to be a, a parent, you know, within a marriage than not. Um, you know, obviously, if I have that choice and I make the right if I make the right choice in that. But in terms of challenges, do you see any challenges with being um, a parent within a marriage? Not that I can think of right off. Yeah, I was no, going to say. Not that I can think of. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I, I asked that because I think it goes back to what we originally started off with. If you're not on the same page about how you want to parent your kids and this, that, and the other, you know, before you get married or before you start having children, then, you know, I think you'll have some challenges, you know, obviously later on because conversation that should have been, that just should have taken place earlier, you know, are not going to be taking place kind of in the middle, um, in the midst of parenting. So it's like kind of changing the tire while the car is moving, you know, it's, it's hard to do that. Um, One I, thing I could think about is the situation is like, Say, for instance, if you tell the kids that they can do A, B, and C, and I don't totally agree with that, I wouldn't say that's a challenge, but that's just more of a conversation. Because, there, you know, there's been times where I have to say, well, Ricky, why can't they do that? Of course, I don't do it in front of the kids, but, you know, I have to get your thought process of why can't they do that? And, you know, whatever, number, I feel that they 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 should be able to do this. And then we just, we just talk about it. It's more of a conversation, but I wouldn't say it's, it's a challenge. Well, I think that's, that's part of it. So, and that's a good point to bring up. So yes, yeah, I don't think it's a challenge. I think that's just the reality of any relationship, even in a marriage, there are times that we just don't, we may not agree, or we may question something to understand the thought process behind it so that we can at least be, we can have a united front um, you know, from the parenting standpoint, definitely, you know, we don't want to challenge each other in front of our kids, but there may be a conversation on the side to say, you know, kind of outside of, you know, away from them to say, well, why, what was your thought process? Like you said, what was your thought process behind that? Why can't they do that? And then, you know, at some point, you know, it may not be agreement and you may just say, or I may just say, you know, your mom said no. So I'm just going with that, you know, or I said no. And you, you're like, you're just going to go with that. Your dad said no. So, whether we agree or not, you know, it's 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 been said because the last thing you want to do is contradict the other parent in front of the kids. Right. Because right. when you do that, you give them, you're creating leverage and a necessary warfare inside the family because now what the kids are going to do is say, oh, well, I know for this situation, I know just to go ask mama directly or daddy directly because I know how they feel about it. Exactly. Um, versus, what are you saying? Hopefully they try to play you against each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to do that anyway. It, it, I don't care who you are. It's a natural thing. I see it. I, I tried to do it. I've seen my, my my brothers and sisters try to do it. I, I've seen other people do it. I mean, it, it's natural. You you figure out the path of the path of least resistance. You know, who's going to get who's going to who am I not going to have? Just like when it when it came down, if I had to have something signed from school because I got in trouble or, you know, something happened and this, that, another. I knew to go to to. I knew back then to go to my mom and not go to my dad because I know my mom would take it differently. My dad would, you know, be upset or whatever. Most of the time, you know, wouldn't necessarily beat me, but I know he would, I would get 
I would have to hear from him more than I would from my mom in that type of situation. So I knew, okay, hey, I may have did bad on this test. I got to sign it and come home. I got to sign it before I go back to school. I'm going to go to my mom. You know, she's going to be a little bit more, I'm going to say a little bit more sympathetic in that situation. So, you know, kids know how to do that. But I think, again, when you're united together, at least you're putting a united front in front of them, um, then they know that one way or another, we're going to, they're going to, you know, we're, we're going to have the same outcome. You know, it's not going to matter who, who you talk to. Um, but, you know, again, kids are going, they're going to try to test you. So, you know, that, that's, that just goes without saying and that. I think, I think the, the, I think that that can be looked at as a challenge because, you know, again, it, it tries to kids inadvertently try to drive a wedge between the parents when they're trying to get their way. Um, I don't think that obviously they don't want the parents to be separated, but they, when they want something, they, they want to try to get the, the parent that's going to side with them. They're going to try to make sure that they build their case with them. And then they're going to want that parent to go to the other parent and, you know, present their case in a way to make it seem like, you know, yeah, I'm for it. I'm all for it. You know, and you're not really for it, you know, but they, they, they get you to do that. So. Yeah. But, I kids naturally seem like they come to me for everything. Yeah. I, I think. So I'm like, well, go talk to your daddy. Well, no, he's got, he's got to say no. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> But, but, and, and I do that. And I'm like, y'all think your mom says, oh, y'all think your mom not going to tell me. Like I told him before, I'm like, y'all have to realize y'all say stuff. And then you don't think like, say, not nah, say, say stuff, but y'all ask certain things, but don't think your mom's not going to come to me and ask me, you know, what do I feel about this? Or what do I feel about that? You know, there are, there are times when I happen. there are times it's just like, okay, then they didn't need all that. You make a decision or I make a decision and just, it is what it is, you know, but we kind of know, how each other feel about those things. So, you know, it, it's, it's important to be on the same page. Now, are there, are there still challenges at certain times? Yeah. I mean, there's going to be disagreements, but I look at disagreements that they're not necessarily a challenge. That's just part of relationships. There are going to be those things. You discover things. There's no, there are books written about parenthood, but there's no true guide to tell you, you know, for your kid, there's a, there's a manual on how to parent each kid and how to handle your, deal with your spouse within that, within that context. I mean, it's just, it's not, you, you just have to work together and, and really focus on, you know, at the end of the day, what is the best thing for the child? What is the best thing for us in terms of our communication and just be settled on that? you know, and, and not make it such a big deal. So um, I think that's important. I think it's important. Again, I'm going to tell everybody, listen, and you are, I don't care who you are as parents in a marriage, not in a marriage, whatever the case may be, when you have two people that are, they're different personalities, you're going to have certain situations that maybe something happened to you or experience you had in your past that maybe your spouse didn't have that comes up and you're going to want to deal with the situation one way because that's what you, your experience is, is set to it and, and the other person may want to deal with it another way and that may cause a conflict. You're going to have conflicts in that relationship. It, it, so you can't avoid that, but that's not, I don't think that's a challenge. I think that's just, again, that's part of being a parent. You know, that, that's one of the things that come to territory. You get all the good stuff. Sometimes it gets a little difficult and that's where you got to push through together and you got to stay together. You got to stay together, especially in front of the kids. You have to put a united front up. 
do not try to separate and say, well, your, you know, your daddy always, you know, you need to ask me this, you know, your daddy ain't going to do this, blah, 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 this, that, and other, your mama, you know how she is. And because when you start putting them little seeds out there, you, you build that up in your kids and then it grows into something festering. And then you got, you know, you got parents playing against each other and the kids are playing the parents against each other. And, and now, you know, it's just total chaos and, it's unorganized stuff and family is falling apart because people are taking sides you know what this kid likes to be around this parent more because they let them do more things that the other parent won't you know it shouldn't be that way it should be a conversation it shouldn't be you know i'm gonna gravitate to this kid more than the other you know it all that kind of stuff the separation really shouldn't happen you're going to have different moments with each kid. You're going to have different times where like, there's going to be things that I experienced with trained Christian that you would never be able to experience with them as a woman. It's like, there's things with Sinai that I would never be able to experience with her as a man. And what I'm saying is as a father, I've, I've gone through things that, that they're going through or they will go through. I can talk to them in a different place. It's like Sinai. You can talk to her as a mother in a, in a way as a as a woman and, and have a conversation and I can't I can't really I can talk about it but I won't give it the 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 justice that you could you know yeah. so those are those are things that you know I don't take that for granted again that's a challenge it's, it's it's a good thing in a marriage because you have that other person you know you have that that's your spouse you have somebody you trust to be able to have those conversations you know, so when you go back to thinking about, you know, what's important when you start talking about becoming parents, you know, you got to be able to say, can I talk to, am I, am I able to articulate things to my kids about my experience? Because if you can't do that and you don't have a way to communicate with them in a way that will help the kid, then, you know, you got to work on that. You know, you got to be able to be, to have some level of transparency or you're going to have a lot of challenges as you get down the road because you're not going to be able to connect to that child in a way that helps the two of you guys kind of come to a commonality a common ground on things so all right so i know i said before that was it but i just want to make sure we touched upon that piece because that that is always a big thing too um but all in all like i said i i enjoy being a parent I know you enjoy being a parent. Um, I thought it was good, a good time to just talk about parenthood and, you know, school's back in now. And, you know, this is, this is kind of the grind time, a lot of, a lot of, for a lot of parents, because now you've got to balance work and schoolwork and school after school activities and all these different things. And, you know, things are really, you know, the, the dog days of summer are over where, you know, kids, you didn't have to do as much you know, they, they had activities and things, but you have to worry about school or waking them up early to do this and get them up to get out of here and drive them here and there. So, you know, it's a different time. And I know, you know, again, we're, we're trying to get back to some level of normality uh, with COVID and the pandemic and everything, you know, prayerfully our kids will remain safe and, you know, we will, they will, everybody's going to be you know, COVID will start to die down and, you know, hopefully people are taking precautions or doing whatever they can to prevent it as best as possible. You know, kids will stay safe, teachers will stay safe throughout the year and, you know, we won't have to switch back to being all virtual again. So that that presents a totally different dynamic to 
uh, parenting and his family as a whole. So, yeah. all right. Well, anything else you want to close with, KK? We can probably go on and on and on about this topic, but I think we probably touched on all the uh, um, important points. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time as always. It's, it's, it's always great to get your viewpoint. Um, I know, you know, people hear me talk a lot and I wanted to bring you on because, you know, it's important to have the person you've been partnering with, you know, for the past 20 years almost, um, you know, just to talk about our experience. You know, everybody's experience is different. You know, some people have a totally different viewpoint and, that, and that's good, you know. And then we're going to have, I want to have other people on here to talk about their parental experience because again their background and the way they do things may be totally different than ours there's no right or wrong answer the best thing is is you know do you feel like as a parent you're doing the best job to raise your kids it's never a perfect thing um, but you got to work hard at it and that that's the biggest thing is you got to work just like with any relationship so kk i thank you again for joining us you know as always you're always welcome to guest host with me at any point in time so I thank you for your time. I know you're very busy with a lot of big stuff coming up for you, but uh, we definitely appreciate you joining the podcast today. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll make time for you anytime. Oh, her professional voice. That was sweet. All right. Well, we're going to sign off here. Um, I just want to thank KK again. Or I say KK. I want to thank my wife, Cassandra, for joining us on the Airflow podcast. And I look forward to having more conversations just about our experiences, just in our life together over the past 20 something years, just being together in general. So thanks again. And hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye. So that about wraps up another episode of the Airflow podcast. I just want to again, thank my wife, Cassandra, for joining us today, shedding her light and knowledge um, and wisdom on what it is to be a parent from her perspective as a mother, as a wife. Um, you know, again, she balances me out so many, so in so many ways. So, you know, it, it makes the process a little bit easier. You know, it's it's not an easy process to be a a mother or a father, and to parent anybody, especially in, in this day and age. But, you know, if you've got a good team, and 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 we gave viewpoints from from where we are as a married couple. Um, I know that there are others that are not in the same situation. They're single parents or they're, you know, raising their kids separately, but together, you know, some of them just blended families. I mean, there's so many different dynamics, uh, from the relationship when it comes to parenting, but overall, the biggest thing is to have an agreed upon strategy before you even start the process. Um, and even if you don't have that, there has to be a place where everybody sits down and finds that common ground, find a compromises from the mother father relationship first, and then make sure that there's a united front for the kids. Um, I think that that level of consistency is important because it, it, it makes sure that it gives the kid the foundation that they need, you know? Um, but again, Every situation is different, but from our situation, that's how we take, that's how we tackle it. So, you know, family is important to me. It's important to KK. It's important to, to our, even our, our kids, you know, they love being around their family and we want to continue that. And that is a relationship that mother and father and child and, um, you know, child, mother, father to their child, their children, that relationship is very important and it's a foundational piece to, you know, especially from the child's perspective, because, you know, outside of the relationship with God, that relationship with their parents is going to be something that's going to form a lot of opinions, is going to form a lot of things 
um, in them as growing up to be young adults and moving on to and, and being citizens of this world. So I think it's just important to make sure that, you know, we give them as much as we can, you know, enough structure, enough guidance, but know when to allow them to experience that the stove is hot when you touch it without burning and having a, a you know, it's warm, you know, it's warm and it's warm enough to, to cause some, cause you to think about it, but it's not warm enough where you're doing some real damage. So, you know, knowing how to navigate those waters and, and it's important. So uh, we thank you guys for listening again, any information that you want to give any feedback, anything, um, if you're interested in being on the podcast, um, I've got people I'm going to be reaching out to as I always do. But if, if there is something that you want to just talk about with me on here, if there is any information that you want to, to share, or if you want to be a guest on the show, please email me at airflowpodcast at gmail.com. That's airflow podcast, H E I R F L O W P O D C A S T at gmail.com. Shoot me an email and just let me know, hey, I'm interested in being a part of your show or I know somebody who's interested in being a part of your show. I would love to have people on. You know, I love having conversations with people um, and, and getting their take on things. Um, and again, you know, there's no right or wrong, but, you know, I love a good discussion, you know, and, and there may be differing points. But again, that's conversation is good. It's healthy. And as long as we're the goal is to really inform and inspire people to live their best lives. You know, that's the goal of what this podcast is for. So and please reach us there. Um, if you want to check out some of the other episodes, if you're, this is your first time, you know, please go to the website, airflowpodcast.com. Um, we have all the episodes are there. All 11 episodes now are up on the website. You can go there. You can also find us at your um, podcast player, you know, any podcast player, most of the major ones out there. So whether it's Apple podcast, uh, Amazon podcast, Google podcast, iHeartRadio's podcast, we're out there on those uh, platforms. So you can also look us up on there, save us, you know, make sure you, you subscribe, um, download the podcast, uh, that, that shows me the support and it helps me to continue to further what we're doing to continue to expand and evolve this. So, you know, if you take, just take a moment to go out there and do that. Um, and if you have people, you know, that, that you think this would be good for, maybe the episode, you know, is good information. You liked it, but you know, there's people that you, that you really think would, would, would need to either listen to it or, you know, they can add more to it and there can be other discussions because we can talk about parenting. There's so many things to discuss. We just gave a small sliver from our standpoint but if you know people who you think would be good to discuss these things or or any topic, you know, definitely share the podcast with them. Um, you know, send them the give them the website information, give them the email address, because uh, that that's the support that we need. You know, I want to continue to grow this. I want to continue to have more dynamic conversations. And, you know, all of them are not going to be easy, and, but I'm up for that. I'm up for that challenge. I think we need to have those discussions because at the end of the day, it's about, again, being an heir of the kingdom and tackling all the different mountains that we're called to tackle. So, you know, again, as an heir, you were created to flow in all of God's blessings. So just continue to, to, to move in that vein, continue to be who God has created you to be, not who the world created you to be, but who God created you to be. And if you do that, you will flow in his blessings. Thank you all. Flow on.